Today on Bell and the Birdman, some great news from future friend of the show, Julian Laurie. Also, Cutting Sayamalo, are you out of your damn mind? And Little Danny Boy's Little Rinky Dink franchise. It's all coming up on Bell and the Birdman. But first, Taylor! Hit the music! Hello, everybody. This is Bell and the Birdman. I am John Barcher, drowning in my T-shirt today, along with uh, the effervescent, uh, beautiful, uh, full-faced uh, Vince Quinn. Vince, how are you doing, buddy? Well, I'm doing good. Uh, for a guy who's talking about swimming in his shirt, you've been talking a lot of shit about being a fat guy and Hell fat yeah. guy speed. So Dang either right. uh, put on weight or get rid of the argument, pal, because you're going <laughs> to lose. Well, this is uh, this is triple uh, X, John. Uh, you know this or double X? Sorry, I'm now down to just one X. So oh, that okay. Was, that was an accomplishment in the last two years. Well, that was, well, what, what, we're, we're getting there. I'm going to ask a sensitive question. Oh, what good. Do you, what do you weigh? I, I haven't actually weighed myself in a while, but I was at a point. I think I was popping like 255. Wow. It was pretty bad. I would not have. Well, how You're long ago was that? that. Yeah. Two, 255. And like, uh, I was down to like 223 or something like that. Okay. Yeah. The last time. And that was months ago. So I have no, I have no idea. How tall are you? Uh, six foot flat. On the on the dot. Okay. No halves, no nothing. So yeah, five uh, eleven for me. Although it says five nine on my driver's license, <laughs> and because uh, because this was great. I went Truth to get my, is coming out. I went to get my license that I was like sixteen. You know, so yeah. This woman uh, stands up at the desk and she goes, "I'm five eleven. You're not five eleven. <laughs> and she just puts me at five nine. You're five nine. Yeah. It was like okay, I guess I'm five nine now. There we go. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, but uh, right now, like uh, I'm under one ninety. I just oh, nice. I just weighed myself yesterday. It was a big mark getting under 190 because, you know, I'm working out all the time and I'm running and I'm going to smoke you for those reasons. Yeah. So, a lot yeah, of good, I'm looking uh, good. Suggestions in the Discord, too. We really appreciate that. Uh, join us there, bellandthebirdman.com. The invite is there. Uh, funding games with John versus Vince this summer. Uh, besides the 50-yard dash that we're trying to, you know, kick Vince's ass in, uh, <laughs> we welcome all of your thoughts and opinions on what we should be doing. I don't know why Vince Quinn cares so much that uh, little little Julian, little, oh, little cute uh, Julian Laurie got a little position with the Philadelphia Eagles like we didn't know that was coming. But uh, congratulations to Bo Wolf, nonetheless, for the scoop on uh, what was his official title. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hold on. Let's let's make sure Something... we get this right because I don't want to respect them, uh, disrespect the man who's welcome on the show anytime. Yeah. Julian Laurie. Uh, business and football operations strategy. So, as you said, uh, owner. <laughs> owner. <laughs> right? I mean, that's just, I'm going to hang out in the owner's department. And, um, you know, no disrespect to Bo whatsoever, because he's a fantastic writer. He's one of, my, one of my favorites. But the article was essentially, hey, you got this new position, and here's everything that Jeffrey Lurie said in March. Um, that, that was it. That's basically all the, the information we learned. So, Vince Quinn, why on God's green earth are you so excited about this? Why would you not be excited about this? It's the right way. 
This is this <laughs> nepotism. Is, yes, nepotism. Yeah, so look, fat shaming yes. and nepotism is the way. Got I, it. Okay. I, generally, I hate nepotism, but you know it's a reality of the situation. So if I'm gonna live in a world of nepotism, I at least want to see the guy take it seriously. Like he's taking it seriously. He's he cares about this stuff. I don't know why you you laugh and chuckle at this as if you didn't talk. What, what was this like two months ago? Yeah. We had a whole conversation where you go, oh, you know, Jeffrey Lurie's coming in and making draft picks. I don't care. He's the owner. He's got the right to do right, it. Right. But don't you want a guy that spends however many years until Lori gives it up? Don't you want a guy that's around all this stuff, sees everything, I, sees the coaching interviews, works on all that behind the scenes, and then gets the, the right to do that when he's ready? I don't want Julian Lori picking anybody either, so, but I know he's going to do it, so I don't care. I don't care but, that he cares. Of course he cares. Dude, this guy has gotten... I mean, do you know how many people struggle in the NFL just to become an area scout to make some... 80 grand a year, 100 mm -hmm. grand a year, or whatever it is. And this kid has a dad as a fucking owner. And, like, what? Why? Why would I be excited for that? Congratulations. The money's going to stay in the family, Julian. What do you want me to do, Vince? Like, yes. Yeah. You, want, you want a guy that cares. You want a guy that knows oh. what he's doing, that's trying to make the most of the situation. Like, well, what are all these guys that own the team? They're all billionaires, right? They All of them, sure. They, now, they get it in different ways, and some of them are billionaires because, yes, their parents made money doing something else. They became a billionaire, and they bought in on a football franchise. Right. It doesn't mean, and being good at business does not mean you're good at running a football team. It is a very specific thing to do, owning any sports team. Mikhail Prokhorov came in, brought, bought the Brooklyn Nets, big oil magnate. What does he do? He fucks the whole thing up royally and hold, <laughs> holds them back for a decade. I mean, really, it, it, it took them a long there time. There is no tangible evidence that Julian Laurie won't do the same exact thing. So that's why I don't understand how, like, this feels like, speaking of your Star Wars shirt, which apparently it's so bad, uh, you, you have to wear a, a buy a t-shirt. Well, I gotta find way. a good Star Trek shirt, <laughs> but the Star Wars shirt is very nice. If you're on YouTube, tell me the shirt's great. You're I'm, welcome. I'm just, like, this sounds like you're rooting for the Empire. This sounds like yes! I can't wait for a family to make more money and care. Do you think, like, if I presented this argument to Cowboys fans and was like, Hey, guess what? Uh, you know how much that your owner cares? Well, his son, also that's rich, cares as well. And you should be excited that you have people, a football family that cares about your franchise or whatever it is. Yes. I don't care. I, I, don't, I don't care what, what he does as long as they're not screwing up the fan base or overcharging us or doing whatever. Outside of that, I couldn't be less excited about this news. I, I, it's crazy <laughs> to me. It's the owner. It is the fundamental, most important person in an organization. You need an owner that knows what they're doing, that gives a shit about the team, actually wants to win, and uh, you know isn't too much in the way. Man, oh man, How many Taylor, people, help me come out. On. Are, you, are you telling me what? that certain owners don't own a team and have no interest other than making bank? Uh, all of them want to make bank full stop the best way to make bank is to win championships full stop that's pretty much it so you can care about it but it doesn't make you a better franchise mark cuban is uh cares about sports the dallas mavericks have one championship but they, uh, they he's also a good businessman on top of that so yeah like that's the ultimate owner we, i think we all kind of pine for as as any sports fan but but outside of that no sports owner is that unique. They're rich. They need to place assets somewhere. They need to dump a bunch of money. And thus, why Josh Harris and the Philadelphia 76ers exist. James Dolan's so unique. Wh what's that? James, James Dolan is Dolan's unique. James Dolan's very unique. Yeah. <laughs>
and also a douchebag. So, like, all okay. of that is in common, too. Like, as much as I appreciate Jeffrey Lurie caring, giving this city a Super Bowl, uh, he doesn't give a shit about me. He doesn't give a shit about you. He doesn't give a shit about Taylor. He doesn't give a shit about half of the causes that he probably puts out there. That is all what a good CEO does to show that the corporation cares in some regard or another. That is always how I will view it. And the Philadelphia Eagles were here long before they got here. They have done a great job of holding the torch. I would I would say that full-heartedly. But to get excited about, like, it's going to stay in the family, I couldn't give a shit because it's it not does, that. this guy could sell, like you said, to completely mismanage this thing, fire Howie Roseman because it's what the fans want, turn it into, like, a Julius Caesar moment, like, yes, he's going to, like... Julian Caesar, the, the Julian Caesar. There you go. Oh my God! It writes itself. Uh, so, you know, for instance, across the street, I, I I couldn't care about the Phillies at all. I know you don't either, but John Middleton cares, and he runs his franchise like dog shit, and continues to. Yeah. So caring has no bearing at all on the job you do or the way the franchise goes, unless. You're a smart kid that like really enjoys the business. It seems like he does that. Well, but uh, man, I mean, this is like several years down the line here. It is, but that's the <laughs> beauty of it. Like, like uh, all these people talk all this shit about Howie Roseman, right? And they were saying, oh, he's not a football guy. He's working in these front offices, yeah. and he and he comes up the ladder. That's what he did. He became a football guy. He was outside. He becomes in uh, a member of the front office. Learns all that stuff to do the job. Does it really damn well. Okay, so Julian Lurie's doing the same thing. Yes, I'm not cheering him because he's part of the family. I'm cheering him because he's part of the family, and he's trying to learn the actual sides of the business. And Lurie's trying <laughs> well, to teach him to, that shit. To, if my father owns a landscaping business and I need to learn every aspect of it and can gain more knowledge because he started from the ground up yes. and he can go, hey, don't do this shit, that's not anything different it's than a family business responsible i mean it's i, 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 I just, you don't like yeah, you're so devaluing an owner i mean look at washington let's no let's talk about washington for a minute okay to act like this doesn't matter and owners don't matter they have no bearing on anything is crazy because look at washington no no no. owners matter so the then how bearing they matter? of the matters julian Cantor. I just said Julian Cantor because he's in our Discord. I know that's his real name. Hi, buddy. Uh, <laughs> Shout out Kyle Phillips. Uh, but uh, Julian has no it has no bearing on what who he is as an owner. It will have no bearing on like because why not? he supposedly cares today. It has no, why, it, why doesn't is, that help him? It doesn't help me get excited about the the, the Eagles are in good hands. He could Leonard toes this thing and still sneak them out in the middle of the night if he felt like it and take them to St. Louis. I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know where football is going to be by the time he owns the team. Like, I, I'm just surprised that you're even considering being excited by this news. To me, I just look at it and go, oh, that's interesting. He's ready to get Yep. Jeffrey Laurie is 70 years old. He probably doesn't want to do this shit anymore. He's made his money. He's made his Oscars. He's got a Super Bowl. That's a that's a very interesting egot. I don't know if that exists. Like, how do you get? <laughs> can you produce an album? Can you win a Super Bowl? Has anyone gotten that? Because like maybe he's done. That's all he wants to chase. He's got the other side of the business to worry about. So I, I congratulations on Julian being rich. Yeah, there you go, I, Vince I, Quinn. I think you're so wrong. <laughs> uh, I mean, what 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 gets you excited about an owner? Does it matter at all to you? No. You how does it, nope. how? 
Nope. How? The Sixers did it, and I didn't care. Okay, well, then, when they change all these different people in management, because the league comes to them and willy-nilly is just like, hey, you're going to get rid of Sam Hickey now. Oh, here's Brian Colangelo. And then that fucks up, and then Elton Brand takes over, and that fucks and up. I never and trust where are it, they now? And I never trusted that ownership group ever again. Okay. Congra- and but I never so will. You, you do have ownership groups that you've trusted. I mean, like, in terms of how far I can throw them, yes. Like, yes. T- as a prime example, I trust Jeffrey Lurie to do the right thing for this organization, no matter if okay. we disagree on the actual football <laughs> operations yeah. part of it, from a year-to-year basis. Yeah. I know they're trying they're, – they have done their best to create the best model possible for why we have A.J. Brown today. Yes. Okay. They've proven the, it over and over end. again, and we set their fucking feet to the fire when they don't and bully them to do it. Okay. That's our job. That is and our it job. should be a principle in the country, too, but that doesn't happen. That's a whole other podcast. But I, I just I feel as though we don't do that at all. We like you. It, we, we just and, and that is a luxury of having a good owner here because he corrects pretty quickly. Okay. Unlike John Middleton, who is an idiot and will spend his fortune on perception. And that's pretty much it. So, yeah. So having a good owner is a valuable thing. And he's got the opportunity to learn from his dad, who is a good owner. And he's he's participating in all of this. I feel like I, Peter Schrager just joined the show, what, too. What is I don't the know downside? What else to say. I, like, I, I just I look at this and I go, okay, there's there's so many people. When you when you put an NFL franchise up for ownership in the modern day, you spin the wheel. You have no idea who the fuck it's going to be. Okay, here, here, perfect example. Here's sure. what I would love. Here's what I get excited about. Okay. Jeffrey Laurie has a contingency plan for Questlove to buy the Philadelphia Eagles with the help and guidance of Julian Laurie to guide him on the execute or the 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 executive side. Great. Now I'm fucking excited because Questlove owns the goddamn Philadelphia Eagles, and that's cool. Uh, that's cool. And I know it's it just cool. It, 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 what it, does it, that mean? It hits all the parameters. What he will, parameters? He's from here. He definitely cares. Okay. He's already won an Oscar. Get him a Super Bowl get ring. Out of here. Get him one. Get him in the game too. I want somebody that's an icon from Philadelphia to take over the team. That's somebody we love. Okay. That we should decide who the next owner is if that was ever a thing. That's what, is, what I would oh, do. We're going to have a big Democratic election then, and we're I'm going to run for owner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes! Okay, we're the Green Bay Packers now. Do you want shareholder stakes? I mean, stakes? you got to have the money and the bread, but I'm just saying, like, hey, these are the people that are willing to buy. All right, yeah, what's there Meek Mill be, up to? There, exactly. Yeah, so, okay, so just because someone's a celebrity now, you're excited no, no, about no. them as an owner, there but has, not somebody who actually is involved in the running ju- of the team. I'm trying to make it so you're, you're, you're making it so, like, hey, I, these owners have to care, so... Yes. More than likely, someone, a local representative from Philadelphia, must be one of the, the next candidates that the city decides on. Oh, my on. God. Yes. I have a hard time hearing you because there's a hoagie in your mouth. Like, <laughs> like come on, man. Come on. And to be able to learn front and center from a well-run front office and a well-run ownership group is a great place to be. I mean, if, if you're thinking of the it's best the parameters you can... Well, You're Jerry, excited about what the Cowboys if, did with their family functions, and now you want to do the same if, here. If his son, Stephen Jones, is actually going, oh, well, Jerry screwed this up and screwed that up, and hey, by the way, waving the draft board at people is bad. If he's going to actually learn from the mistakes, <laughs> then yeah, I mean, he's been in that front office for like 25 years. So uh, people know at this point whether or not he's capable, uh, and, and you'll figure it out. But for Julian to get that opportunity, and, and this is the other end of the road. Let's say maybe he does suck at the job. Maybe he's not any good at it. Right. He, oh, Harvard educated. I don't care about that. I don't care where you went to school. It's are you smart or not? Or, or, or are you smart? Are you willing to adapt? All those different kinds of yes. things. So if he's bad at the job, is Lori willing to say, yes, you're an owner, but 
uh, in terms of your management of things, trusting your management more and instilling those qualities. Like he's dealt with these times where we talk about him over infringing. Now maybe it seems that he's stepping back and it's King Howie again. Like figuring out all of that balance is important. <laughs> Son, and, I've got some valuable lessons for you. Do whatever Howie says. Sure. That's it. If that's what it is, <laughs> and he goes, here's the business side of things. Here's how you're a representative. Here's how you talk to the media. Here's how you let your people manage their stuff. And here's when you cut bait. Fine. But it, it, it's if you're going to think of an environment for somebody to take over, this is a very good environment to be in. And I think that matters. I mean, would you rather have him be in Washington right now? If this was, if we were Washington fans, and this is Dan Snyder's kid, and he's coming up with I every would, scandal I imaginable. Would, I would root for Dan Snyder's kid to continue to be the owner of that team for life. That's like the well, Bundy uh, curse. Here, Absolutely. Yes, here. But if you were there, as they're now, they're going to build. Is down there. Yes. If, if we were Washington fans, which goes down by the day, and if you didn't see this story, folks, Washington is, is proposing the smallest stadium in the NFL right now in their rebuild. Build because nobody gives a fuck about that team. They've lost the fan base. They're running competently. They lie to their fans. They have to take seats out of the stadium. They're going from a 91,000-seat stadium when they built uh, RFK or FedEx or whatever the fuck. Uh, when, when they built that thing, it went FedEx. from... FedEx. It, it went for the RFK was the old one. It's a rust heap that sits there in the city for no reason. Yes. Uh, so they're going from 91,000 seats to 55 in the proposal in 25 years. <laughs> I mean, that is that is a devastating decline for a franchise that can't win anything, doesn't go anywhere, hasn't won shit. That's ownership. I just I think circumstances matter for this. You hope for the best case scenario. If you put it out there for some owner to buy it, is it a Josh Harris situation again where a venture capital fund comes in and buys it? I don't want Probably. that. I don't want that. Like I, I listen, would, man. It's all going to be crypto.com stadiums. I don't like. Well, it <laughs> depends on who you talk you. to about that. Uh, it's crypto <laughs> and NFTs and whatever. Yeah. Uh, good luck with all of it. But yeah, I just I think it's I, I, as far as these things can go. I, he seems like a kid that has a genuine interest in doing a good job. He's trying to learn everything as much as he can. He has the ability to do it, and he's done that from the jump. As soon as he gets out of college, he's going into that NFL program where they rotate you around the league office, and you get to work with all these different people in different departments and learn the business. He's seeing it from the league side. He's seeing it internally. He's involved in coaching searches. That's that's great. I mean, people would die for that experience, whether you're a business owner on 100%. the outside coming in or somebody that's internal and getting to grow. So I just, looking at signs and looking at the value of an owner and how it can sink a franchise for forever, Al Davis, as much as he was great in the back end of his years, he was the reason they didn't win. You know, it's uh, ownership matters. And I, I think <laughs> looking at this and just laughing it off is, well, uh, is wrong. Because Vince is saying congratulations to Jeffrey Lurie's balls. And like that's oh that's get out of hey, here! Congrats for having a kid. And guess what? If my mom was named Lori Laughlin, I would probably have a Yale education at least paid for in print. Yeah, which I'm so, not congratulating <laughs> for a Harvard kid. I'm saying I'm no, saying no, to I'm the saying, kid to I'm have his own initiative. That education could have been paid for, and they could have been fucking off for four years. It means nothing. They have enough money to make anybody look like Yale Harvard Business School ready. Okay, and well, rarely... if this kid fucks up, then crush him, and everybody will, right? If, right? if he's in there, and he's in the building, and he's fucking around, and he's not taking it seriously, we're going to know. Jeff McClain will tell us, okay? I believe in Jeff McClain. He is, he is the dark knight. He is the hero because that nobody wants. What's that? <laughs> because you are him. Never seen yes, you and him I, in the same room. We, we, I, that's true. Uh, 
Call me Jeff. But yeah, like it, we're gonna know about all that stuff. So if he starts fucking everything up, then yes, it's the nepotist and he doesn't deserve any credit. But it, but for now, everything that I've seen is he's not doing anything stupid. He's not getting arrested for DUIs and and being a fuckhead. He just got. He just got. He's twenty seven. He said he's a he's an adult. Like I'm just saying, he hasn't been a fuck up, and he's taking it seriously. As far as you can ask for these things to go, I've gotten all good indications, and I'm hoping for the best. It's it's the owner of the team. It means everything, and I it, it means to say it means nothing is fundamentally wrong. Uh, as long as the ownership stays out of the way of the operation side of the football department, nothing will matter in the long run. Yeah, which that's 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 what I I, I will yeah. always keep coming back to. But to that point. Like with Dan Snyder and with what's going on in Washington, I mean, Jesus, first of all, they're still about they're about to go through a, a whole congressional hearing. Yep. And uh, they're going to their third state, in which you just pointed out is going to be about 40,000 less fans to fill that thing. 40,000! Uh, which is just another reason, by the way, to uh, come with us to Washington as a... Uh, uh, congratulations, by the way, to everybody on uh, the text line that signed up at 215-509-5833. Uh, we are still waiting for 100% confirmation uh, from our winner that uh, they can go. And uh, just go to phillysportstrips.com right now to book your ticket to uh, Washington, as uh, our goal is to get 1,000 fans down there to yell at Dan Snyder and tell him how bad his stupid FedEx fields uh, really <laughs> does suck. And... Uh, no matter how many times that uh, he tries to rework that thing, whether it's 90 or 55,000 or whatever it is, just know that it's Lincoln Financial South. It will remain that for as long as possible. And uh, incredible response so far. Vince has told us there has been a record number of signups for this trip alone uh, this early, too. So that is all credit to you. Can't thank you enough for your support. Let them know that you're going with Bell and the Birdman and or our friends over at You Know Ball so they can group us together. We're still trying to put together a big VIP uh, big bus to, to head down there so we can all stream and do some fun things. But uh, can't wait for week one as we're going to kick it off in Detroit. We're going to head to Washington and everywhere else. Plus, coming up in August, I mean, Dick Vermeil getting uh, getting enshrined to the Hall of Fame, and uh, we're going to go and check that out as well. So head to phillysportstrips.com right, uh, right now. Uh, book your trip for, with us for any Eagles trip that you want to go on this year. Plus, if you want to commiserate with the Phillies, oh, boy, it's a fun trip to go up to uh, to New York and, and watch them play against the Mets, but it is not, not fun to watch baseball, at least on this podcast. <laughs> but if, if you no. are a big baseball fan, the, the trips are incredible, and uh, I would... I would just go just for the uh, the party atmosphere alone. That's what I want to do. Yes. I just want to see ballparks and walk around and eat the food and, and kind of have the game in the background. I love that about baseball. Um, and, and yeah, it's the only thing we love about baseball. It is. It really <laughs> is. That's it. Uh, was, the there, was there anything crazy in that uh, Snyder realization, too, in that proposal or anything more? So in there? the stadium itself, there's not anything too crazy. Uh, a part of it is going to be that that stadium might be like 45 minutes outside of D.C. in Virginia. So Meet tax Virginia. dollars and who's going to pony up, which D.C. doesn't want to because this guy's a crook, and they're trying to bring him in for investigation. So, yeah, they're not going to give him tax dollars. So the team's going to move out of D.C. most likely a good bit, 
and uh, they're going to build a little rinky-dink stadium because nobody likes them anymore. So, <laughs> so that's that's where it's going. But and, and here's here's where it gets interesting too, because Congress did ask Dan Snyder to go and testify about all the stuff that happened in October. This is all the complaints about all the different women. I know there's been multiple scandals, and it's hard to keep up. But the October one is about all these different women and workplace harassment, and uh, he's being called to it. Roger Goodell's being called to it as well because basically they had an investigation, and the league was like, "Yeah, don't publish your findings or uh, anything that we should really do about this." So <laughs> that that. That went well. And uh, yeah, now now Congress wants to speak to him as well, which is another reason why Dan Snyder might be out as owner and why your owner matters. Um, so <laughs> can I get to another thing, don't, by the way? Don't be Dan Snyder, everybody. Yeah, yeah that's for pretty the love much of your God. Bar. Check yourself. Um, yeah, what's the other thing that so was on that document? Th- there is a thing that's, that's bothering me. It, it's a concept that's bothering me, and I got to get this out. But cutting Isaac Sayamalo is fucking ridiculous. The, oh boy! The the, the idea swinging for Mike K already. Yes, Jesus, I, I mean the the suggestion. I like Mike K. So Mike K. comes out with the report that, or, or I don't even know if it's a report as much as speculation that that he could get cut. The idea yeah. being Samalu, you know, they could save five million dollars by cutting him. So so that's what Mike's talking about. It's a possibility. Should they do it? Absolutely not. I mean, if you believe this team is worth anything, how on God's green earth can you justify cutting an offensive lineman? Because you just drafted one in the second round. So? (laughs) And you drafted one in the second round the year before then, too. Okay. As a guard. And, and they're both where there is to play he? guard. And, and well, he's, one's a starting. Yes. And one just got drafted, so we have no idea. We haven't been through training camp yet. He's, yeah, but he's he's also never played guard before. And Samala's played center. He's a, played guard. He's played tackle. If you're a center, you're a guard. If you're a guard, you're a center. It's pretty much how it goes. That's it. You're either great at you're either great at snapping the ball or okay at it. And if you're okay at it, you're a guard. Isaac Sayomalo was a center. He transferred from a guard. They tried to make him the heir apparent. They realized that they couldn't do that, and that his best value overall is probably a backup, hence why, you know, the the last few drafts as well. I know Jason Kelsey loves him, so, like, that's one thing that I'd probably say, well, uh, I don't know if they'd outright cut him. I would say they they would need him this year, but I wouldn't be I wouldn't be pissed if they just oh I would be ended pissed. up. I, I think he's a I think he's a great trade piece right now in training camp to do a one for one on something if you are if you're looking to do that. I mean, if you're getting offered a third for round sure. pick, I consider it. But if you're trying to go and if we think this is a team that can go deep and and for what you've said, conference championship, Super Bowl, like if that is the high end expectation of this team that they actually have a shot, why get rid of line depth when the team is built? Eat the money. It's it's Howie Roseman. Who cares about five million dollars? We're really going to worry about five million dollars with this guy with this team for what? Well, you might need it. Uh, You're talking about Super Bowl runs and whatever. Like you just might not have enough cap space to fit in this year that you can't quite kick down the road. Or like if you restructure too many contracts, like on a run, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna uh, salt and pepper, John, push it. Push it real good. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. Uh, money does not matter for this team. Yes, it, do, right it now, absolutely it, does. No, it right doesn't. Now. It absolutely does. If I can get five million dollars to get me a better skill player on either side of the football, I'm going to take that. If I can go get a safety, which hey, Mr. Kyle Hamilton, after all this, uh, you're yeah. really going to bitch about a backup guard you have to cut because it allows you to go trade for a premier safety or another wide receiver or a pass rusher or whatever's there to fit that big fat contract that you're going to have to have on a run, I would rather I would rather not worry about a backup at the position especially when you have Driscoll here, especially when you have Cam here, you have you have Dickerson who can do literally what you just said and play every position. But you don't want to move him and cheaper? No, but but like I'd feel way more comfortable if he was doing it versus Sale Malu. Dickerson can actually play center as opposed to Sale Malu who cannot. 
He can't. Well, so no, there's not a lot of value there. That's Jurgens, right? Like Jurgens is supposed to be that guy. Are they going to cross train him? Maybe, but if he's the they heir are, apparent, they have to. I mean, yeah. but but how much of the emphasis is going to be there, and how good is he? It's going to be different. And and when you think about it, like Driscoll's been injured. He missed time last year. You had Sua Opeta playing for a little bit. Do I trust him in that role? Like Sam yes. Mala was a starting <laughs> Sam Mala was a starting caliber he, player. He, he's you, had injury problems. Did you that's think his about the issue? Did you think about him at all last year? Same all. He was out since week three. Right. Did but, you, did but they he, did cycled through all these s- different guys. Herbig is gone. If, if right. Nate, so I think they made their choice already. Like that's why I wouldn't get rid of it. If if they if Nate Herbig was on this team right now, I'd be fine with cutting Samalo. But for them to look at this right now and go, okay, we have the choice. You got to figure how he has that conversation. Would I rather get rid of Isaac and save five, or get rid of Herbig and 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 just keep the better player? Well, let me I, say part this, of this, I think the decision's been made. Yeah, I think it's been made. It, it was made. I wouldn't cut him. It was made two years ago. I mean, like, you look at it the same way I do, where they drafted dramatically different, including their offensive line people, like, in the last two years. And it was about speed, where Sale Malo is about brick building. And, like, Cam Jurgens can move for a guy really well for his size, incredibly athletic, all that stuff. So... The scheme has completely changed from when they envisioned Isaac Sayomalo taking over with Jason Kelsey. I still think that was God. Was that still Chip Kelly or was that Doug Sayomalo? Was oh God! I think that was I think Sayomalo was drafted as a chi- the he last twenty fifteen. 2015, 16, somewhere around there. Yeah. So like, because he got extended, I think in nineteen as a three year deal. He's he's how that went. Two head coaches ago, essentially, and now you have this brand new guy. Gannon's changing everything on that side. They've reshaped that. Pre- I I don't think anyone should be surprised if anyone that was drafted before Nick Sirianni got here is like, ah, they might cut him. I'm like, hey, this guy was really valuable. How valuable was he? How valuable was he if he's been gone since week three and no one really thought about him? But like, oh no, he was a really great piece. And Jason Kelsey cried when he went down, and I'm sure he's an amazing person in that locker room. So. I get that, but... Yeah, well, the quality, the depth they've had has been amazing, but it's changed, right? Last year, Brandon Brooks was a starter. So it was Sayamalo with the one guard, Brandon Brooks on the other side. You don't have Brandon Brooks, so what happens? Dickerson gets a shot, Sayamalo goes over. Okay, well, Sayamalo goes down. So then here comes Driscoll. Here comes Sua Opeta. Here comes Nate Herbig. Like, all those guys rotated in. But again, Herbig is gone. And and Brooks is gone. So why get rid of all this depth? Like, I don't understand any any inkling to go and just push this guy out unless you have a deal that's imminent. Like, if the, if they have to cut him for well. some reason to get Jesse Bates, <laughs> I mean, I, I fine, fine. But I'm not just cutting him to cut him. It, unless you have a move that needs to be made, keep him on the roster, have him week one, make a move to the deadline, and live your life. Uh, line depth matters. We've been lucky, too, because here, here's the thing with the last couple of seasons. This team has been healthy the last couple of years. That is an anomaly of God that they have not been just horrifically injured all across the board. Yeah. The last, because remember, 18, everybody's hurt. 19, everybody's hurt. Like, that stuff happens. So keep the depth. Keep this veteran guy. He's played multiple spots. He is a starting caliber player. Player and and let him compete with Driscoll. Like I don't think it's a given that he's not a starter. I, I, why not wow. have him and Driscoll compete? Is is Driscoll that like? And I, I was a Driscoll guy last year. I talked about him all the goddamn time. But uh, am I going to just hand him the job? I think that's a I don't great think there's camp any competition. Difference. There's no difference there. And Driscoll's not playing for 
I mean, yeah, I guess he'd be he'd be competing for the job at that point with Cam or whoever, or maybe that is Sue Opeta over there. I have no idea. And I think he's played some tackle. So yeah. then, okay, well, now you've got that flexibility where Driscoll is your backup guard and he can play some tackle. Like, if the versatility is there, Dillard's your left tackle, and then Driscoll can play the right. Well, so what 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 can Isaac Sayomalo not do? He can't play tackle at all. He's not a swing guy. Uh, I don't know. I, I heard he can do a Rubik's Cube. Uh, <laughs> he's he's probably capable of everything Is in my book. But He's got uh, great push-up technique. Yeah, I bet. Uh, I bet he does. Got great. Great hair. Um, I'll give him that. His hair is awesome. He paints very well, I hear. So that's yeah. good. So the, Abstract artist. You don't great. see those too often he's, he's anymore. He's a talent. But yeah, I just, it's <laughs> like in a, in a city where we are so obsessed with offensive linemen to look at the idea of a guy that's 28 years old. He's been with this team his whole career. He plays pretty well when he's healthy and he, he's 28. I just, I don't get the rush to, or, or the idea of like, yeah, let's just get rid of this guy when we think we can win 12 games. Because he's not that good. He was part of the Super he's Bowl team. You have some nostalgia attached to him. He's not even a starter. He's, he's a fringe a, starter. In the NFL, he's a starter. I think he is exactly like uh, uh, Halapaluli uh, Valivaitai. Like, it's just the same <laughs> kind of... It's the how do I get that right and not like you know? Well, you didn't. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, good. Yeah, it, it was it was close. Uh, it's Halapu Halaputi Vali. No, no. Uh, big V. Halapulivati <laughs> Vitai. There you go. There we go. Uh, big V. I, I big look. V. I look at him in the same. Like I think Salomalo is better at his position and being able to handle that swing, but like not much better. He is he is of that same same type of caliber. He's he is Ryan Kelly. He is uh, Matt Pryor was the other Matt guy Pryor. a couple of years ago that did a similar and he's thing. Way better than Matt Pryor. Yes. I'll give him that. I, so so it's he's just a like, better version of that. But yeah, I I think they like if if I'm looking at it, I think Roseman already made the choice. It came down to keeping Herbig or keeping Sayamalo, and he decided to go with Sayamalo. So I I would not cut him. I just I, again, it's just the line depth, the ability. That's what carried the team last year. If not for the offensive line all and all the time, depth. This time, this guy has been standing next to me yelling like how I can't love Tyler Linderbaum. He's saying exactly that Jeff Stoutland creates, you know, diamonds out of freaking uh, charcoal. Which, and like yeah. that's all you have to do at the backup position. You don't need to be like, I, where where can Isaac Sayomalu go from where he's at? Like, I'm sure he can learn more. Yeah, that's just naturally progressive for any any player's like career. He's, he's peaked. <laughs> he's just peaked like... Uh, I'm I'm fine if you uh, if it's if it's in an, for something else yes if it's just cut him to save five million dollars I'd lean towards more your side but I I'd be you know what I'm more pissed about than Isaac Samalu pro- possibly getting cut um, uh, Top Gun Maverick yeah okay. I just want to get this out there because I know it's been like oh, a large week of this stuff and it's incredibly hot which is why like I'm sweating profusely I'm an idiot and like wearing an oversized shirt I'm I I'm uh, this liquid death makes sure that I am uh, nice and, and chill and cool, and I get those nostalgic feelings of wanting to go back into the theater. I'm rarely a theater guy, too, so like I love the experience of it. I'm just like over it, just like everybody else is for the most part, and we keep trying to hold on to this. But like, I, I, can somebody tell me what 97% Rotten Tomato certified movie everybody was watching? Because that had that basically <laughs> was. 45 minutes or so of Miles Teller and Tom Cruise fighting over the screen friendly and nicely, but like Tom being like, hey, this is my fucking movie and completely miss like it's called Top Gun Maverick, right? Maverick was a cocky son of a bitch fly by the seat of his pants type of guy, right? Yeah, they completely eliminate that in this movie in the first like 30 minutes of it. He's like they 
there's no sport. I'm, I'm, I promise you, I'm not. This is just my perspective of it. But it made them feel like this guy that we loved in the '80s is a fucking loser now, and it's just like the the. So how can uh, like I, I don't know? There's just so many opportunities to turn this thing into like a really nice, great thing, and everybody was so over the top on it. Looked enough like uh, Mission Impossible. The planes were cool enough. And that was fine by me and like completely was wondering why. I wonder why there wasn't any good one liners in this because the writing was fucking terrible. It was awful. <laughs> it's the worst one of the worst experience I've had in theater. Like I was just like, how uh, am I the only one in America that doesn't like Top Gun Maverick? Yeah, I, I've seen a lot of people tweet positive things about it. I have no interest still in seeing that movie. <laughs> None. I, I really don't. Foreign press got paid off. That's all I'm saying. There you go. Somebody somebody help me out there. Somebody that saw that movie believes that Tom Cruise got neutered and that whole the whole franchise. Like everyone saying, Oh, you had too many expectations, John. You're holding on to the original. That was the point of you saying it's better than the first one. Anyway. <sighs> who said that? Everyone. No. Everyone kept saying that on opening week. It's weekend. better than the original. It's so good. I saw it twice. It was better than the original. Like yeah. old people, young people, everyone said, ah, oh, my God, it's the best thing in the world. Yeah. I had someone say that to me this morning. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. But I don't, I didn't think the first movie was any good. It's, it's, it's good because it's it, unintentionally because it's cheesy. Yes. Like, and it's and ironically like good. Not even, no, it's not ironically good. It's just good. It's a good movie. Nah, it's okay. It, it doesn't mean that it like has to have like a buttoned up script. It's an action film. It has a, this is why we're doing this, and this is where we hope we end up. This movie didn't do that at all. It didn't even tell them who they were fighting. <laughs> they were just like, here are these people in the mountains. Who are they? I don't know. It's but they've got some nuclear shit. That was it. That's it. Were there macho gay undertones still? Uh, not enough of it. Ooh. Not enough of it, in my opinion. Yeah. They, they, and it was just, yeah, they replicated the volleyball scene with football. Okay. Oh, that's like, <laughs> yeah, it's corny. <laughs> yeah, no, that's all. I'm just saying, uh, rent it. It's okay to rent. <laughs> now, if Julian was there during the football scene. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then it would be. Oh, that then works. I would be excited because, you know. I'd be sweating. The Tom, uh, or the Top Gun franchise would be in, in good hands. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> If he learned, if he was the director's son, and he learned how to direct movies, That's I'd be right. okay with that. Um, anything else we want to add to this uh, wonderfully hot summer, beautiful episode of uh, Bell and the Birdman here, Vince? No, I am sweaty. I think I'm good. Very sweaty out here today. Uh, we uh, do want to plug one uh, one quick other thing is uh, the fine folks over at Awesome Sauce, who have uh, we have just gotten to know uh, a little bit over the uh, spring and summer, are on a reality show. Right now, and if you go to awesomesauce.co, A-W-S-M, sauce.co, uh, you will learn about everything that's going on. But they're on the show called Billion Dollar Idea that airs on Tuesdays at 9, eight, o'clock, 9 p.m. Nine. on Fox Business, which yes. I uh, didn't even realize they were doing reality shows over there. So great for them. Uh, and they are kicking ass currently and taking names and doing rewatches of all that stuff. So if you really want to get to know Awesome Sauce, they're literally in a competition right now and reacting to themselves with a, <laughs> a lot of awkward and fun moments as well. Been really enjoying the process. Though. Yeah, it's it's really funny. The guy's chemistry is hilarious. I mean, they, they just get along so well. And seeing them give an honest feedback of watching themselves on television, it's just the, the whole thing's surreal. Yes. Honestly, it's it's uh, it's really cool. So we've been here having a great time with it. Uh, so uh, go check them out once again. And if uh, 
you can't remember any of that stuff, don't worry. Bellandthebirdmen.com, all of uh, the people that uh, we are partnered up with there that helps us find podcasts run is all there, including our friends over at Liquid Death, liquiddeath.com slash bell to get your uh, case uh, sent to you for free. Uh, not the case, but shipped to you for free as uh, free shipping on all that on every single time. And again, uh, thank you to phillysportstrips.com for, uh, man, taking us around the country this year. And uh, especially to get to, it to hang with you guys for every single Eagles game. Very excited for that. So book your trip today. Philly, uh, phillysportstrips.com uh, slash trips to see everything that they have going on there. Uh, I am going to go run into the parking lot and jump into a pool for Taylor Cardatis. Uh, that is Vince Quinn. I'm John Barchard. And that is our flickering right, light right here on Bell and the Birdman. We'll see you guys. Okay, bye.